Hello to my besties, old and new, and welcome back to, yes, another episode of The Miss Congeniality with Eli Rallo. Oh my god, I think that was our best intro yet. Maybe we landed on something. Okay. Anyway, though, guys, welcome back. I'm Eli, if you didn't know already, but you probably do if you're listening to this, because otherwise that would be a little strange. But I'm so glad you're here for, yes, another solo episode. I just felt like the one last week did really great, and so many people are pulled in so many directions throughout the holidays that I didn't want to rush a episode that's an interview and I'm, you know, organizing a list of people that I really want to have on uh, next year in 2022. So if you have any ideas or plans or people that you would just love to hear me chat with, let me know and I will drop them a line. But today it's just me. And we're going to talk about breakups. This is the breakup episode. This is the heartbreak episode. And it's going to be empowering. It's going to be phenomenal. I'm going to be vulnerable and tell you guys about every breakup I've ever gone through. And I'm going to contextualize all of it and we're going to have an amazing time. But before I get started, I thought I would give you guys some updates, some life updates and everything that's been going on this week. So I am back in New York. I was dog sitting a little bit last week and weekend. It was nice to just be home and relax and, you know, have that moment for myself at home all by myself and just kind of like vibing out. We did go to SantaCon. I did um, do that. And I just think I, you know what, like I had a good time. It's the kind of thing where you walk away like I had a good time. I had fun, but I wouldn't do it again. And I think a lot of my going out these days might be categorized in that same vein. Like I had fun. I enjoyed myself. I laughed. We had a good time but I'm not going to do that again. If someone was like, repeat the day, I probably wouldn't, if that makes sense. I think I'm just getting to a point where I don't love going out like that anymore. I say that on like every episode, but it was definitely fun and interesting. I met a lot of you guys, which was special. I also went to the Van Gogh exhibit. If you're in New York City, it's really, really cool. I really like museums. Call me a geek. If you guys have any museum recs, let me know. Museums are like kind of my shit and it's sort of a museum like I didn't know the things that I know now about Van Gogh so that was really interesting and I highly highly recommend it so definitely go and see that if you're in the city god I'm doing Christmas present stuff right now I'm doing my stockings if you're interested I like make stockings for like my loved ones and I made one for my sneaky link I made one for my roommates all the good stuff it's all up on TikTok if you're interested if you need any last minute ideas it's like super super easy and like an amazing gift. So I'm doing that. Um, oh, I also wanted to say like everybody I know is getting Omicron. Like I know so many people that have been exposed who are like triple vaxxed and boosted and are not reckless. So I think I'm kind of going to lay low on like the going out and going places until the holidays just because I am busy. I don't want to get sick. And more than that, I don't want to spread it to anyone else. So I highly recommend that you guys just like kind of see who you're seeing and decide who your bubble is and just be careful because literally every single person I talked to yesterday was like oh yeah my roommate was exposed or like my coworker who I was working with was exposed or I was exposed to my holiday party and all of these places that they're going are like vaccines required tests required day of like all of that and they're still getting it so just be careful get your booster if you don't have it already like it's gonna be another scary time and hopefully you know if you have your booster and your vax you don't get that sick or you don't get sick at all but even the people that are asymptomatic could pass it on to people who aren't so just watch out for yourself be careful. Um, what else? Oh, recommendation time. I don't have that many this week. Honestly, like 
I feel like I've been in a hole of just like rewatching Gilmore Girls and watching TikTok, but definitely watch Fred Claus, the movie. It's a holiday movie. It's so funny if you haven't seen it. It's with Vince Vaughn, who I think is really hot. Then someone told me he's a Trump supporter and I was like, damn, that sucks. I think he's really sexy, which maybe that's a weird celebrity crush to have, but definitely watch that movie. It's super funny. I am obsessed with it. Lately, I have been, you know, in a TikTok rabbit hole which is like, you know, just the reg for me. And also watching Emma Chamberlain blogs, also the reg for me. And I have not been consuming too much television, but the recent episode of SVU is with Organized Crime and it's really good. Uh, They did like a little partnership. Anyway, though, this episode feels like it's going to be really long today. So I think I would rather just get into it than give you guys more pointless life updates, which they're not pointless, but there just aren't that many right now. I feel like life is starting to wind down. I do have an event with Hoka tonight that I'm super excited about. That's my running sneakers. You'll be seeing the stories of it tonight and then you'll be listening to this probably tomorrow or Friday. And so hopefully it's fun. I think it should be. But yeah, I kind of just want to get into this because it is such a big topic. And I took, you know, a bunch of recommendations on Instagram for what to talk about. And I have, you know, a huge lineup of things. So yeah, let's just start. Let's just get into it. So I wanted to start by talking about my relationship history because I think it gives me agency Now, I don't even know who has agency to talk about things or give advice about things, but I do have so much life experience that I think in in dating specifically, like, oh, am I the most like dated person in the world? No, but I did have three really serious relationships in college and they were serious, even though it seems like I'm a serial dater. I'm going to go through them. So I think it'll just contextualize and help you to better understand or maybe you'll resonate with something that I say based on those relationships. So I got to college. I'd only slept with one person in my life. It was a high school like relationship, um, sort of quasi boyfriend. And us ending wasn't really sad for me because I love him as a person. Like he was a part of my life. He's very important to me, but it wasn't like the love of my life. Like he was a boyfriend. I consider him an ex, but like it was a very high school thing and he just made me very comfortable in losing my virginity. He was a really great person for that in my life and we spent time together. But I think he will also tell you that we were not like in love um, and we just had a very sweet and innocent until it wasn't, I guess, relationship in high school. And so I get to college and I go to my classes and on my first day of classes, this guy approaches me in the hallway. We call him Coco around here. I have names for all of them just because it's not fair, you know, to like out them. So Coco approaches me in the hallway after class and asks me my name and if I'm going to rush sororities and he tells me he's in a fraternity, he's a year older than me and so it goes. So I start kind of like seeing him around campus a lot and I kind of become like infatuated with him in a very like nervous way because I feel like I'm really inexperienced and he's a lot older than I am and just seems kind of like cool. So eventually we have to go see a play for this class and he asks me to go with him and then gets my phone number and asks me to hang out one night and we start hanging out. And I think what really happened was I really liked the comfort of having him really early on in college because like this is September that we meet. We started dating in October and he's older and he's kind of showing me the ropes and I'm rushing sororities and I feel like I don't have any friends and it's this huge school and I start really leaning on him for comfort. Looking back on it, If I met him any other time in college, I don't think we would have dated. Just like I wasn't that interested in him, but more the comfort he brought me. And I'm willing to admit that now. But I guess he was also really looking to have a girlfriend. Like he really wanted a girlfriend. And I guess I seemed like a good option. So we started dating and we dated for like two months and it was a terrible relationship. I, though, became very attached to him 
because I felt like I had nothing else like the context in which we met was my first day of classes and my first semester of college is completely dictated by his spot in my life and I rushed the sorority and I kind of like didn't join any clubs because I was really busy with my social life and I really did not feel like myself but I told myself a lot like you know what this is what it's supposed to be but then by the time things started going south or by the time he was really mistreating me because he treated me like shit I was scared because I was like, I can't let this person go. First of all, I'm nothing without him, which is a terrible misconception, untrue. But I felt like I was nothing without him. And I was like, I don't have anything without him. I haven't like made a friend group here. I haven't joined a club. I've done no theater activities and I don't feel like myself. I remember that when I got to school, I really wanted to join the newspaper and I just hadn't done it because I was so consumed with this relationship. And on some level, it was manipulative on his part because I think he wanted me to be kind of there always and like he wanted to be in the driver's seat and I absolutely was not in the driver's seat at all and so I kind of fall really hard because it's comforting and because I felt like I needed it so he ends up ending the relationship in December and this is like verbatim the most devastated I've ever been right like because not only am I losing this person who I relied on for all my comfort and security I'm looking around at my life and I'm like well now I have nothing because like those were my guy friends. That was my friend group. The girls that go party at that frat, they were my friends. Like they made me feel like I had something here and now I feel like I have nothing. And so I kind of spiraled and I quickly like joined the newspaper and a bunch of clubs because I realized that's what I needed to do. But I was devastated. Like I don't know if I felt this way ever. I was like absolutely shattered. It was definitely my first heartbreak and it was rough. And so I decided, you know, I'm going to figure out how I can keep him around no matter what. And so I proposed to him that we did like a friends with benefits thing, which was in my head, I thought to myself, you know, if I could get him to see me, you know, sometimes he's going to realize that he made a mistake and we're going to end up being together. Like I can change his mind. That's my first mistake because I don't know if you guys know this, but we rarely can change somebody's mind when they tell us how they feel about us. And also we should not want to. I know that's hard advice, but why would you want to be with someone who doesn't want to be with you? I've reflected and thought about that a lot. And I don't really know other than the fact that I was deeply insecure and like I felt like I would be nothing if I didn't have him. But the truth is that's not true. But alas, I propose that we do that and he decides, yes, let's do that. At the time, I'm writing these journal entries saying I'm never going to find love again. Like, I'm sure I was in love with him. He tells me, like, whenever we're having our little one-night stand rendezvous, sneaky links, second semester, that he wants to tell me he's in love with me, but he's not going to because he doesn't want me to say it back. We would get back together for two days, and then he would end it again. It was incredibly manipulative, a really harsh cycle of emotional and mental abuse. And frankly, I just told myself first of all that I deserved it second of all that I would do anything to have him back third of all I let my entire happiness surround whether or not he wanted me like that day or that week and the last thing was that I just thought I would never ever 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 in my life find anybody ever again and I didn't want to now the thing is hindsight is really funny because I look back on that and I'm like well I was being emotionally and mentally abused by somebody who couldn't care less about me and I was letting him use my body because I thought I could make him change his mind now all of that is not true none of that can ever happen I was never ever 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 no matter what I did going to be able to change his mind and on some level I wish I didn't do all of that hooking up with him second semester and even into my sophomore year because it perpetuated the feeling of deep sadness that I had and it perpetuated this thought that I could get him back so I didn't really want to move on I wish I had just gone cold turkey but I didn't and I honestly learned from not doing that and you know I was really I don't know if you guys can hear this by the way like there's honking outside my door it's New York but I was really torn up about it. Like I really thought I was never going to find love again. I thought I was experiencing the most pain I'd ever experienced in my life, which I guess is a privileged thing to say, but like, 
you know, heartbreak is a different kind of pain. It manifests physically. It feels like there's an elephant sitting on your chest and that your walls are closing in. I was really depressed my second semester and I think it's partially due to the breakup but mostly due to the fact that I let it go on for so long and I am the victim in this situation but I also put myself in the position to be emotionally manipulated so many times. Um, I think I could have ended it any minute on how mean he was being to me. I probably should have but again I relied on him and I thought that I was nothing without him which is again untrue but you know I told myself I'm never gonna love again I'm never gonna love again and I let myself believe that like I truly truly believed it so flash forward my sophomore year I'm still seeing him on and off and of course over time like the feelings fade and and I got less upset and honestly learned to stand up for myself a bit more which was good uh but you know I I still had this thought in my head that I could get him back and so I end up sophomore year you know going on the dating apps and I'm like I'm gonna try to like separate my mind from him because he treats me like ass but I still have in my head this thought that I'm never gonna find love again or love like that and I also think that he's the love of my life and like he's the only one for me which is a naive thought because we're gonna get into it but that's there's no such thing as one love at all like there are many opportunities but I go on the dating apps and I end up matching with this guy and his friend texts me and is like he's obsessed with you like he's known who you are he follows you on Instagram he just thinks you're beautiful you have to match him back so I matched him back and we were kind of chatting back and forth and I was like ghosting him for periods at a time because I was seeing the other guy still Coco and eventually I decide, I don't know, screw it. I'm going to go do something with him. I don't know what it was, but this is why I believe in fate. And like, I believe, you know, that things happen for a reason. Like something inside of me told me to go hang out with him. He asked me to come to a club meeting. That should have been a red flag, honestly, because our relationship ended up not working out. But I call him the Republican. He's in fact now a moderate, but I find out while we're dating that he's a Republican. Part of the reason of our demise. But anyways, you know, I, I go to his club meeting and I walked in and like looked at him and it just, the rest of it just faded away. Like the other person, Coco, like he didn't exist anymore in my mind. Like it was, I don't want to say love at first sight, but I just knew. And it had been so long of being miserable. And I think that's why they say it's not over till it's over. Like it's not over until somebody else finds someone else and you can really close that door. And you can also close that door on your own, of course. But I think that's where that phrase comes from. And so I basically shut out Coco. I tell him to stop talking to me, which was a very empowering feeling. And this was the moment that I realized that you can, in fact, fall in love again and that I was naive to say I would never. But I think it's part of the proper grieving process. And I'm going to unpack all of this, of course. But I'm just telling the story for now. So we start dating and it is a very sweet and intimate relationship right off the bat now I'd been treated so poorly before that I had no standards and so I allowed myself to be treated poorly again but in a different way because at least this was better than the last one you know how it goes but we dated for eight months we were very 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 attached and very 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 close to one another and this is someone I regard as like one of the loves that I had in my life and that I will have always like I I believe that when you fall in love with someone you're always going to have that love for them and that's okay even if it's not current or like present love and I think also thinking about it like that makes it more you know comforting because you know that like that served a purpose for you but we end up dating for eight months and um you know they say that each time your heart breaks it hurts worse because the love that comes after it is going to be that much more consuming so I thought I loved Coco but I really realized that I loved the Republican like it was it was a lot stronger and more powerful something I had never felt and the heartbreak was the same now I was familiar with the genre of heartbreak emotion but I had never sunk this low like it hurts way worse when you love way harder but the whole point is that it's gonna hurt way worse so that the next time there will be more love and so you know when we ended things I ended them this time 
um we had been trying to go on breaks and I'm going to talk about breaks for a while and I think it was just you know it was hard for us to realize that we had to let go that we just weren't compatible that we weren't looking for the same things from one another I ended it and it was brutal like it was fucking brutal like sick to my stomach throwing up dry heaving like I just was really I really was hurt by the loss of this and he was as well but the issue was um you know when I realized I actually wanted to work on it and I couldn't bear it without him and I was like freaking out and like I couldn't let go he said he didn't want um to try again and so that was kind of like a punch in the gut and you know I I struggled with the loss of this person from when we ended things in February of 2019 until probably October of 2020 I want to say like it was that lengthy and you know he got another significant other when we got back for our senior year it was very painful her and I are friends now so we've actually rehashed a lot of stuff and talked about a lot of things that he did to both of us that were similar or different and lies that he told to both of us and it's a whole thing but he got another significant other and he was with her through the fall of 2020 then him and I rekindled speaking for like a few weeks and we just, you know, had a phone conversation where we realized that it's never going to work. And I was still holding on to this idea because I think, you know, I, that was the longest I'd ever grieved someone. It was like a year and a half. And I think that's normal. And we're going to get into that. But every day got better, obviously. And I was just, you know, I was really, really scarred from losing this person that I saw for in my life. And, you know, I had another thought in my head, like, I'm never going to find love again. But the first experience led me to realize that that's not true. And, you know, the third relationship that I had in college was interspersed. Um, I started seeing him in the summer of 2019 after I had ended it with the Republican. We call him Brooklyn. And it was just this relationship was someone that was my best friend. And we, you know, started sleeping together. And then we were like, oh, maybe we should date. It was like one of those kinds of things. Sorry, my air conditioning just came on. I'm going to turn it off. There we go. And we just had like an epic adventure and fun together. But I think that the two of us confused, you know, being in love with one another for just having sexual chemistry and really liking hanging out with each other, which can be confusing. So we tried dating and it didn't work out. And I wasn't as crushed when it ended because he's still my friend and that's still a person I value. And I honestly felt guilty because I moved on too fast and I, and I was still hurting like from the loss of the Republican during that relationship in that time and after it. And it's not fair to use somebody as a distraction. So I've made mistakes too. And I think he knew that and we both acknowledge that and have talked a lot about it all. So that's all good. But all this to say, you know, I experienced like three or four like really, really bad breakups and really bad heartbreak. And I, too, was sitting around journaling that I'm never going to find love again. And there's no such thing. I can't find love again. It's not going to happen for me. And blah, 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 blah. It's bullshit. And we're going to talk about why. And we're going to talk about how you heal because guys it like hurts me to even talk about how sad I was because I understand and I, I know the feeling and I was there. And, you know, I, of course, now I'm dating Scorpio boy. And, you know, when I met him on our first date, this is just like a little happy portion. I just felt like I knew him for my whole life and I wasn't nervous. He didn't give me anxiety. I didn't have butterflies. I wasn't wondering how he felt. I was just looking at someone and thinking to myself, that's a fucking person that's going to be a part of this life with me and we're going to do it. I just like knew I had this very strange calm feeling. We didn't even kiss. I didn't go home with him. I just had like a very, 
you know, okay, that's the gut instinct. That's the person. And the way I love him is so true and honest and grounding and beautiful and special. It is unlike any other love I've ever felt. And it is so much more because of how badly it hurt to lose other people. So all of this to say, you will find somebody else and you will find someone new, but that's not the point because it it hurts and you have to go through it. And you know, the second heartbreak is probably going to hurt worse if you loved that person more because heartbreak and love are inverses of one another. They don't exist without each other. We wouldn't know what love felt like if we didn't know what heartbreak felt like and vice versa. So when heartbreak hurts really, 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 really bad, it does so so that love can feel really, really, really amazing the next time. And that's, you know, really important. And that is, you know, my backstory of my relationships. But now we're going to get into what you guys actually care about, which is how to process breakups and how to go through them and, you know, everything else. So the first thing is that you can't rush it. I think on my first breakup, I was dying to not feel that way. Like you're clawing out of your skin. You don't want to feel that way anymore. If you rush getting over it, you're never going to. And that's just a fact. You have to feel everything, especially the hard things, and you have to go through them. You have to shake hands with depression and sadness and loathing and just brokenness and say, hey, I want to know you, this feeling. I want to sit in it. And then because I shook your hand and I got to know you and I honored this emotion, I can now move on. It's really hard to do because who the hell wants to sit in that? And it can be a combination. You know, you can have days where you're like, I'm not getting out of bed. I just need to journal all my thoughts. And you can have days where you're like, I'm going out. I look so hot. Like I'm empowered. It comes in waves and there's no linear way to do it. But I do recommend that you set a time to wallow really hard and feel all those things. And then you put a cap on it and you say, now I'm going to proceed and try to move forward. You don't have to move on. You have to move forward because this is grief, right? I was just reading something, um, a script, and it's about a woman who, who lost her sister. And, you know, she was wallowing and wallowing and wallowing. And eventually her parents packed up her things and said, we're driving you to the airport. You have to go get your life back. That's what your sister would have wanted. And, you know, that's tough love. And she was like, I, I, I'm broken. And they're like, but you have to go. You, you can't, you know, sit here for months and months and months. Like, you need to start moving forward. It's not moving on because this is always going to be part of you. It's moving forward. And I believe it to be the same thing. Like, you need to grieve. You need to cry. You need to wallow. But then you need to start moving forward. So the first thing that I think is really comforting for me about breakups is that I'm going to try to break this down. It's sometimes easier to read this concept, but I'm going to try to, like, say it. So you miss the feeling that you had loving that person. That is the what you miss, right? Like psychologically, you miss the feeling that was loving them. That is something that you did. You gave that feeling. You gave that energy. You harbored that emotion inside of you. You do not miss that person. And the problem is, even if you were, say, like to get back together in a month, the feeling of loving that person would be different now. And so you have to understand that the feeling that was loving them is independent to the time and, you know, the circumstances of your particular relationship to that person at that time and you're not getting it back and that is not to be mean or for it to be sad it's just remember like you are a gift those emotions are something that you gave to that person and that is a feeling that you will not get back even if you were to get back together with them something about that really freed me when it was like i don't miss the republican i miss the feeling i had loving him that is a number one a feeling i will never have again and number two a feeling that i will have differently for someone else there was something very peaceful about that to me 
Um, of course, the other thing, you have to hurt to feel love again. It sucks. It sucks, right? Like nobody wants to feel the bad parts. We want to, can we skip to the good part? But love does not exist without heartbreak. And I cannot stress that enough. You have to like really hurt like a motherfucker to burn like a motherfucker and to shine like a motherfucker. And I truly believe that. Also, you know, you're going to say to yourself, I'm never going to love again. I'm never going to find somebody again. I don't subscribe to the idea of one soulmate. I think many different people can be the soulmate or love of our life. I think that, you know, when you're born and when you're existing in this world, you have a hundred people, a thousand people that you could meet and fall in love with. Some of us meet five of them just based on decisions that the two people make and how we come together. Some of us get to meet 50 of those people. Some of us, some of us only meet one one of the loves of our lives and that's the choice we make and we say you know what now I'm ready to settle down with this person there are going to be so many there are so many right now wherever you are there are a thousand people in this world walking this globe that you could fall in love with throughout your life you might not meet all of them you probably won't some people my grandparents only met each other they you know there were other people that they could have fallen in love with throughout their life if they made different choices but they didn't they made the choice to be together from third grade on great my parents both met different loves of their lives before they met each other but it wasn't the right time there were circumstances etc etc there's something really beautiful about that notion and also you know the end goal of every single relationship is not going to be forever or marriage and it shouldn't be now we live in a society that's very very deeply you know happy and congratulatory about monogamy and about marriage and about you know finding your one person and and being on that track but the end goal of a relationship should not be forever for many people it's going to be i learned something or you taught me something about the world or other people or how i should be treated or how i should treat other people you open my eyes to this thing even if it's a tv show the end goal of every relationship is not going to be forever sit with that it is so important to understand. And for some of them, the end goal will be forever. And you're going to have somebody that the end goal is forever. But many of your relationships, the takeaway is not forever, most of them. And that is okay. And we don't talk about it enough. So I just want to stress that too. I use this analogy about coats and coat shopping when I'm talking about dating. So if you are dating, you're looking to purchase a coat, right? A coat is a partner. So you're walking around the world and you're shopping for coats. You're going to try on so many coats when you're shopping for a coat. You'll go to Nordstrom, you're going to try on 10 coats. Some of them are going to look beautiful, but they're just not going to be totally right. Some of them are going to be, you know, for one season only. Some of them are going to be a little itchy or too small or too big. And some of them are going to be perfect. And then you have to decide what coat you're going to buy and wear. Once you pick out a coat, you might have it for 10 years and it might just be the best coat ever and you decide I'm never giving this coat up. This is my coat. I'm wearing it until it falls apart and that's when you're going to grow old with someone. Some of the coats you might say, you know what, I'm having this for two years then I'm going to put it in the back of the closet. I'm done with this coat. I'm over it. You might have a coat for a week and then it gets lost or stolen. You might have a coat for three months and say, I actually changed my mind. I don't like this. Or you gain weight or you lose weight and it doesn't fit anymore. But all of this to say, the coat that you had when you were 18 that you loved that doesn't fit you anymore or that fell apart or that you lost that coat isn't any less valid you see a picture of yourself in that coat today five years later and you're like i loved that coat back then that was an amazing jacket i looked so good in it back then you're not saying like fuck that coat that coat sucks i hate that like you're just you you look at it as something that you wore during a time period of your life when you needed to wear it and it worked out for you and i truly believe that that is 
you know, a really good analogy for dating and also for how we end relationships and how we look toward new ones. But the physical getting over of someone and breaking up with someone in heartbreak is really hard regardless of the jacket analogy. And I think like to start, um, for starters, you have to wallow, you have to feel everything, especially the hard things. But then when you decide that you're done with that, I think you have to fill your life with things that bring you joy. And for me, you know, I signed up for a race. I wanted to make a goals list and meet my goals and dedicate time that I was dedicating to my partner and energy that I was dedicating to my partner to my goals. Not to say that you can't have a partner and goals. I currently do right now. But obviously, Scorpio Boy takes up a chunk of my time and I want him to. But if he didn't, I would put that energy and time towards something else that I did want so sign up for like a half marathon and start training for you take up a new hobby for you become addicted or obsessed with a podcast or a youtuber or a book an author and start filling your life with those things get excited about every little tiny thing you have to snap yourself out of it physically and emotionally change your routine change your hair that's why we like to change things up when we end things with someone because it's like this is the signifier of a new chapter it's gonna be hard it's gonna be painful but you're also gonna learn a lot about who you are when you date yourself and you date your friends you're not alone like you have your friends to date you can call your mom you can call a guardian a parent a family member a best friend a sibling you know there are so many things that you can now do that you couldn't do before the grass is always going to be greener and it's not going to make it hurt less but you're in the driver's seat right now for you know shaking it up and making your own self feel better and unfortunately it's not going to be overnight i think that it's hard with dating advice because People don't understand the exact individual that you're in a relationship with so that people can't really give universal dating experience advice because each relationship is so different because each person is so different. But it can take a while. Like I just said, it took me a year and a half to get over the Republican and I didn't try to rush it because it would not have taken any shorter than it did. And if I rushed it, I was going to have to just, you know, walk backward and, you know, unpack all of those emotions. And that would have been a lot. So remember that you can't rush it. And, you know, people always say to me, like, I'm still in love with him. And it's been six months as though that's a long time. You're young. It's not. And there are going to be steps to this and parts to this. And it sucks. Nobody ever said, like, this is the best feeling. I'm so happy to be in it. But it's a universal. Number one, everybody in the world will experience heartbreak. And that's kind of comforting, right? Like it's a universal emotion and it's going to take time. And they say time heals all and it's the worst advice because you're like, holy shit, that's so annoying that like the only thing that helps is time, but it truly is. I can't explain it enough. My best friend said to me when I was going through my breakup with Coco, she had gone through a breakup with a long distance partner of like three years. And she told me the only thing that helps is time. And I know you want to kill me when I say it, but just remember that every single day is a step into the future. It's a step forward. Every single day you will feel marginally better. It's like getting taller. You don't realize when you're a little kid that you're getting taller because it's so marginal. But then after a year, you look back and you're like, oh my God, I've grown so much. It's going to be the same thing. But everybody's like, you know, I want closure. I'm going to text them. I want closure. I really think that the best way to handle ending a relationship, unless, of course, they're like in your specific friend group, which we're going to get into, is to just end it and block them and remove them from social media. 
You are going to make yourself crazy checking if your ex viewed your story and it does not matter if they did or not. You don't have to block them, but I would unfollow them. Like you can stay on public if you want them to see that you're thriving. But number one, the best revenge is success in silence. If you're trying to get revenge actively towards someone, they're just going to think that you look like a fool. But if you're successfully, you know, improving and thriving and glowing up and you're quiet about it you don't try to tell them you don't try to rub it in their face they're going to be like oh shit that's revenge I cannot stress that enough the other thing is that you cannot get closure from somebody else it is a fallacy I know it sucks I've tried to get it nobody is giving it to you you have to give it to yourself it is the most frustrating thing that we so often hear that you're meant to go get closure from someone you can only give closure to yourself. If you go looking to have like your fifth conversation about why you guys broke up or your 10th conversation or you text them just because you want closure, you don't want closure, you want comfort. And of course we do. It's a survival tactic. You know, you're missing the familiarity. You want that comfort back in your life. But I can't stress this enough. They cannot give you closure. It's only going to make it worse and push you further from the closure that you're looking for. You can only give closure to yourself. It's not going to happen overnight. Like I said, one day you're just going to be standing in a brand new bedroom in a house that you built by yourself and you're going to look around and have clean sheets and you're going to say, oh my fucking God, I'm in the new chapter. I did it. I closed the other one. It's not going to be something that you can do super intentionally. You can do things intentionally to make yourself propel toward that closure, but you can't just intentionally be like chapter closed because that's just not how life works. But I can't stress it enough. If you don't have a reason to be in touch with them, that's like, oh, they're in my friend group or something. I would just block their number and remove them from your socials and try your best not to look at theirs. It's not doing anything for you to compare yourself to their life and to be like, they're doing better than me after the breakup. Frankly, you have no idea. For example, with the Republican, I thought he was doing so much better than me that he had this beautiful new girlfriend and that he was rubbing in my face and thriving and all these things. I come to know now because her and I are friends that they would get in arguments all the time because he wasn't over me and because he was still hurting from it. And that is not fair to her and it is not fair to me and it is not fair to him and all of these things. And of course, he also did things while he was dating me that showed that he liked her. But all of this to say, you don't actually know, right? Like my ex was hurting and I never would have known because he didn't want me to see it. Guess what he did? Success in silence. That was revenge. I was broken over it. I cannot stress it enough like you should not compare yourself to who's doing better because you actually just don't know you don't know and it's not going to benefit you in any way shape or form to be looking at their new person and scrutinizing them like okay the facts are the person is probably hot the person is probably cool and smart my ex's new girlfriend was all of those things but comparing myself to her did nothing. It literally accomplished nothing. It just made me sad. I'm not going to intentionally make myself sad and you should not either. Now, I said this before, but they say it's not over till it's over because I think oftentimes you will, you know, have hope that maybe things could change or you would get back together until either you meet someone that you want to date or they meet somebody that they want to date. Now, a lot of us will have intercourse with our exes after we date them. I didn't really do it a lot with the Republican, but I did obviously hook up with Coco a lot after we broke up. And I think it's normal. It's natural. Like you're heading toward that familiarity. You also think it's possible that you can become friends with benefits after dating. You know, not everything I say is going to apply to everyone, but I really don't think it's healthy or a good idea. I think it's just going to 
make you think that you could get them back. Like I said before, you cannot change someone's mind when they say they don't want to be with you and saying, you know what, you can use my body for sex or like, let's just make this a just sex thing. You're never ever going to be able to get them to go from that to getting back together with you. Like you're not changing their mind. You're just giving them a convenient thing like the familiarity of good sex or, you know, the comfort of a person late at night, but you're not ever going to change their mind and I wouldn't waste your time doing it. You know, if you want to have breakup sex like twice, like, okay, I'm not going to tell you not to do it because I did it and I I get it I get the reason I get the need but I can't stress it enough it's not healthy and it doesn't do anything for you and your own you know motivation into moving forward and that's what we're focusing on right like you want to move forward planting yourself in the past in that way and doing so in a way that's never going to manifest how you want it to is not going to make you feel any better and so I just personally don't recommend it given my experiences Another thing a lot of people will do when they end things with someone, even if like they dumped them or the other person dumped you, is you'll say it was the right person in the wrong time. And again, not everything applies to everyone, but I don't think that there's a such thing as right person, wrong time, because if it was the right person, there would not be a wrong time they would do anything to make it work if it's the right person long distance would work out because they're the person that you are meant to be with forever if it's you know someone's going through family troubles or mental health issues they would be like you're staying around because you're the right person for me to be with you kind of need to leave it in the universe's hand at that point because if you're saying you know it's the right person wrong time you're gonna elongate your grieving process because you're going to believe that if it was a different time it would work out with that person but that's just not true because it's the time that it is and if they were the right person it would work out regardless of time and don't you want to be with somebody that would do anything to make it work no matter what was going on the answer is yes and it goes back to the many loves thing like if you're saying right person wrong time that's not it the person's purpose in your life was not a forever and so it ended it was something else and I think finding you know the real purpose of the relationship and what the end goal of it was when it isn't forever is also really really important for healing because you're gonna end things with this person and you might be like I don't really know who I am without them well take landscape you know you had an identity before and obviously they become part of it and they become part of your mannerisms, but you're going to have an identity and be a fully formed person after as well. I truly believe that everybody that we fall in love with does take a piece of our heart. I think that when we fall in love with someone, they fill a spot we didn't even know that we had open. And I feel like they're always going to, that spot is always going to be theirs no matter what. It's very special. People come into our lives for different reasons. The end goal can be different and it's a very beautiful thing. And it's okay to like wake up and be like I don't really know who I am without this person I think that's very natural it happened to me twice and I figured it the fuck out and honestly if I hadn't lost either of those people I would not be the person I am today I don't even think I would be here talking to you guys because the experiences that I had and the pain that I felt allowed me to form the identity that I have today which I believe that if now given all of this experience if I did end up ending things or he ended things with me with my current partner you know I would I would be a little bit lost yeah that's very natural but I think I would have a pretty good idea of who I am because I formed who I am when I was hurting and it's really important to in your most vulnerable and naked state form the idea of who you are and figure out what your identity is on the other hand of things you know I think 
a lot of times when we talk about breakups, we're talking about it from the perspective of you've been dumped or you've been broken up with or even it's a mutual thing. But I think there's something to be said about how much it hurts to end things with somebody. Um, I think, you know, the advice I got when I was ending it with the Republican was I had to disappoint him before I disappointed myself. And I think about this a lot. It just means like, I had to break his heart before I stayed there and disappointed myself and it sucks to break somebody else's heart it sucks to make somebody else sad but also remember that you're allowed to grieve just because you ended it doesn't mean that you have to grieve any differently you still lost the same person even if they didn't end it you probably are less so angry and more so just sad and empty when you're the one that does it but you have to be willing to break your own heart when you know it's for the better my dad once told me that when the thought comes into your mind about ending things with someone and it doesn't leave you know what you have to do now I think that we in our relationships have ebbs and flows and we make different decisions and we think different things and sometimes we might think one way and other times we might think another way but something I think is really really true is that when the thought does enter your head and does not leave you know what you have to do even if you don't know why just remember that the end goal of that relationship wasn't forever and you're going to get to meet more of the people that you're meant to fall in love with on this earth or that you could have the opportunity to fall in love with on this earth so remember that breaking your own heart is really hard and brave thing to do but you have to disappoint that other person before you disappoint yourself now on the complete opposite end of ending something yourself is something like getting cheated on or just flat out rejected and dumped randomly and i think that that's very jarring and scarring it's also traumatic but for getting cheated on specifically i know it's hard to do but you have to remove yourself because this is not about you they did not see someone else and think i want to hook up with that person over my partner they didn't go out there and think i want to hurt my partner likely What they are is a narcissist who thrives on attention and needs to hurt other people to make themselves feel better. They need to tear other people down. They need to prove to themselves that they can have it all, that they can have the attention. So it's not about you as much as it is about their own brand of narcissism and who they are inside. Now, always is that the case? No. Sometimes people black out and accidentally smooch someone and then they call their partner and say, I'm so sorry this happened. I think it's forgivable. I think cheating can be forgivable. And I think if you're making that choice and you think it's the best choice for your relationship and your partner has agreed to work on gaining your trust back, fine. I don't think cheating is unforgivable. But what I do think is that when you're cheated on and you're really, really bruised or hurt by it, know that it, it really doesn't have much to do with you, likely. So that's one thing. Getting flat out rejected is another when somebody just ends something with you and dumps you and hurts your feelings and says hurtful things. Remember, that's the universe just telling you that this isn't the right person for you right now. And I don't think that the universe is the reason the person did it in a hurtful way. Obviously, that's that person's own autonomous choice. But we shouldn't want to be with those who do not want to be with us. And we shouldn't want to convince people to have to be with us. We shouldn't want to beg. Like, think about it. Why would you want to beg someone to be with you when there is somebody that is like, oh my God, I can't imagine waking up not next to you. You're perfect. I I need to be with you. Why would you want to be on your hands and knees begging someone for the bare minimum when the bar is in hell when you could be waking up next to somebody else who says I cannot believe I'm this lucky like that's what's out there for you and I'm not making this up that's what's out there for you because that's what's out there for me and that's what's out there for my roommates and that's what what is out there for all of you so just remember when you're rejected like that it is it's a good thing you're being freed I can't explain this enough you're being freed that person just freed you to go find what you deserve the love and the attention and the care that you deserve it is so important that you know that when someone doesn't love you back and it's unrequited love that also fucking sucks but please for the love of god know that we shouldn't want to be with people who don't want to be with us and i know it's hard 
But to me, I just say they didn't want to be with me and that is their loss. And I hope to God that they find someone they do want to be with because I'm going to go find someone who wants to be with me. Honestly, I thank those people who rejected me. I thank those people that didn't love me back and I grieved it like it was a loss, like it was a breakup because you're allowed to do that. And then I just said to myself, you know, I'm going to go find someone that does want me back. And, you know, in a similar vein, there's the whole getting over someone you didn't actually date, a situationship, a hookup, a one night stand, something that fizzles. My truth and and my belief is that you can experience that like you experience a breakup and you're allowed to validate that and affirm yourself in that. Now, of course, you don't want to call them my boyfriend or my girlfriend, my partner, but like if you were in a situationship that was intimate and it ended, you're allowed to grieve it however you want to grieve it. Also, you can't apologize for your emotions. Feeling a certain way is feeling a certain way. And that's just that. Like, that's just period. Like, I, you can't apologize for feeling a certain way. Like, you can't say, I'm sorry I feel this way. Like, you can say, I'm sorry that I acted this way because that was maybe a choice. But your feelings are subconscious. So just remember that you're allowed to grieve that just like you grieve about anything else. So the other thing is, and this is something that's really, really common, like going on a break, quote unquote. So I've been the person who instigated a break and I've been on the other end of it. I think that breaks are immature and I think that normally, again, not everything I say applies to everyone. They're just a way of being selfish because you want to be 1000% sure you don't want to be with this person. You're already pretty sure and you just want to have them around in the event that you change your mind. That's selfish. Okay, I know it's hard because you're like, well, I feel that way and I don't know what to do. I'm not sure if the thought has entered your mind and hasn't left. you need to be brave and selfless enough to free that person and free yourself. If it is meant to be, it is going to find a way. Nothing is like, you know, concrete. You don't if you break up with someone, it's not we're never getting back together. No, but I think going on a break is actually more harmful than helpful. I don't really know anyone that it's worked out with. Of course, it does work out, maybe. Like, there are times, like, I know someone from my high school who they did a don't ask, don't tell in college. Now they're back together at full force. Like, fine. There are different examples. But in my humbled opinion, going on a break is selfish. I remember that I did it because I was pretty sure I wanted to end it, but I wasn't ready to be alone. Selfish. I was too anxious to lose them. Selfish. And I wasn't sure 100% if I wanted to be without them, and I wanted to test the waters with other people to make sure selfish it ended up hurting the person more and when I was on the other end of it same thing you're hoping and praying that they just want to be with you but why would you want to beg again why if someone comes to you and says I'm not really sure about our relationship or like I need space from you or like makes up a bullshit excuse when they really just are unsure about you why would you want to be begging someone who's unsure of you you do not deserve a maybe you deserve a fuck yes when and where sign me up you're my everything Is every single day of your relationship with your partner going to be a fuck yes? No. Sometimes it's going to be like a, ugh, I'm annoyed or whatever. But the crux of it is you don't deserve a maybe. And that's why I don't believe in breaks. Because I do believe that if it's meant to be, it'll find a way and people come back together and they get back together and taking a break does not make any sense. Okay, but now we're going to switch gears and talk a little bit about like moving on and like what happens after. So the first thing is the, the rebound. Now, I don't think that there's a timeline like, I think, you know, when I ended things with Coco, I think it took me like a month or two to like find somebody else that I was interested in hooking up with and like feeling ready to rebound. I think it's a good idea for a rebound to be something super casual. It doesn't need to be all the way. It can be if you want. It can be a date. I don't I don't know what your prerogative is. It can be whatever you want and it can be at any point that you want. I think when I ended things with the Republican, it was more instant the rebound because I had been again boiling on it for a while and also I had been like instigating all these breaks and so I knew that I was more ready so I think 
rebounding and moving on can happen at any point I like to get on the apps right away and kind of distract myself now it doesn't mean it's not mutually exclusive like you don't have to either move on or still miss the person you can do both like you can be doing little casual things distracting yourself swiping on dating apps going on some dates going to some hookups meeting people flirting with people and also deeply in pain what you shouldn't do is just try to band-aid it with a new relationship that I think is a bad idea but what I think is okay is to feel both things at the same time like the human experience is very very interconnected and very complicated you're allowed to feel both at the same time so I think rebounding can happen whenever you're ready for it if you feel like I just don't want to do it for so so long give yourself that extra push do it with your friends get out there make it fun and flirty it doesn't have to be a big deal and you know once you're ready to like get into a new relationship which I think for me took a little while but when I was ready to get into my relationship now obviously I'm bringing the baggage and the trauma of my other relationships and the anxiety that I had so you know in my relationship with Coco I was always really afraid that he was going to wake up and change his mind about me and it's hard for me to not think that way about my current partner that he's going to wake up and not want to be with me anymore and so I shared that with him I told him that I experienced that and that was a form of emotional manipulation and that I would really need certain affirmations to make me feel like concrete in this relationship and I hope he's okay with affirming me a little bit more than maybe a typical person would be needed to be affirmed and that's fine I recommend just telling the person be like yeah I was in a relationship where xyz happens or just if you could do this just so that we can mitigate you know my emotional response to that kind of behavior that would be great it's really more simple than you think and also everybody has some sort of baggage from a past relationship everybody is somebody's ex and talking about it is really really healthy also setting boundaries is really important like if you kind of want to stay friends with some of their friends or if you guys are in the same friend circle or you have the same connections or you're going to be in the same place or you work together like setting boundaries as a unit being like okay this is the aftermath of us we need to figure out risk mitigation like if for me I would probably say like I don't really want to be in communication with you like I'm going to be polite and cordial if you think that I'm being like a bitch because I'm not talking to you I'm just preserving my own emotional health and I hope you can understand that I would tell your friends what these boundaries are so that they know if you want to be friends with some of your ex's friends after the breakup like plenty of people that I know I met because of my ex and they liked me independent of my relationship to him so it was fine but I did say like if he's gonna be there I don't really want to come I think it's just like boundary setting and it's okay to set the boundaries with that person too and be like listen I understand that you want to be friends with me I'm not ready for that right now because today I look back on it and Coco and I are definitely friendly uh my Brooklyn and I are friends I would call it the Republican and I are acquaintances I just don't care about them enough anymore for it to really make a difference in my life and so time can make that friendship come true but don't try to force being friends right away I don't know if it really works out maybe it did for you but it doesn't didn't for me and I think it's okay to say like if the person says but I want to be friends I want to be in your life I would just be like I don't want to right now and I hope you can understand that we were never friends before and I don't really want to be friends after it's that's not what you did that's not the purpose you served in my life and maybe one day but you need to understand that boundary boundaries are so healthy Jojo Siwa just tweeted how much she loves boundaries I do too set them and eventually like you are going to be ready to start dating again after losing this person and it could take two weeks two months two years like there there's a spectrum but you know, you might be afraid of heartbreak and you might be afraid of, you know, feeling that pain again, but you have to remember that it doesn't exist alone without love, number one. And number two, 
think of yourself right now okay like if you're recently single or you're one year out of a relationship and you think you're ready to start dating and you've really worked on yourself currently you're good you're happy you have your friends you have your roof over your head you have your job things are going well for you you feel like you're ready to take this step if you start going on dates and things aren't working out with people you're exactly where you started you put yourself out there but you didn't move backwards you just didn't move forward with anyone and that's okay because you're okay right now so remember don't like make a catastrophe out of it if it hasn't happened yet like just where you are right now is you have all these things that make you happy and you're in your life putting yourself out there can't make you lose anything you only have something to gain so it's like a win-win either you're going to stay where you are right now or you're going to gain something why not right you have to just drop being afraid of heartbreak i know it's so hard like i know it's it sounds like a broken record it's hard to not be afraid of that kind of pain but that's the price we pay for love and it is just the cold hard fucking truth about that bitch we call love that is the price that we pay for it so just remember that and the last thing I wanted to talk about uh, going a different route is friendship breakups because I think that it it is equally as part of life and also equally a part of an episode called the breakup episode and I think you know I think the Sex and the City reboot, by the way, this is a minor, minor, minor spoiler, did the wrong thing by not making the story about the friendship breakup between Samantha and Carrie for multiple reasons. I just think Samantha wouldn't be as bitter as she seems. I think she's more confident than that. And I think she's a better friend than that. And I think that she wouldn't have just moved away. I think it would have been a more complicated friendship breakup. And I think, you know, it's important to note that This is a very common female experience, friendship breakups, that is not portrayed in the media enough. So I think that was a missed opportunity. But I haven't had that many like full-blown friendship breakups. I definitely have grown apart from some people. And there's like a few, like two or three that come to mind that were definitely friendship breakups. And all I can really say to this is that you have to grieve it like you do an actual relationship because it is the loss of somebody very, very important to your life and very integral and I think the thing that's different about friends and relationships like partners is that with our partners we're looking to like sign papers to be with them forever and like maybe open a shared bank account and sign our taxes together and we're not you know doing that with our friends and I think we have to think about them both in the same way like we don't have to think about partners as like the end goal is forever and We also don't have to think about friends as the end goals forever because it might not be. You know, there are people in my life that I know are going to be there forever. Like, I'm just concretely sure. And there are other people in my life that I really thought were and they're not going to be. And that's okay. And I think, you know, I try, unless somebody has really burned me, to not do like a full ghost, full-blown cold turkey. I try to just fade it out when it doesn't serve me anymore and kind of walk away from it when I'm not seeing eye to eye with them in a way that's you know really significant or important and I know that's tough because it's like well I have so many memories with this person but losing someone doesn't make the memories any less valid or any less real losing someone doesn't make the time you spent with them any less necessary or any less real losing a friend does not make their relationship that you had with them any less important or significant in your life I know it's hard because you're like well I miss that person and Oftentimes, I really miss the friends that I've lost too, but I think that their loss in my life and their, you know, exit from my life allowed new people to come in and new friendships to form. And I'm not saying that I replaced them because I simply did not, but I had more room for a friend that might serve me in a new, different, interesting, or better way. And that's just a fact of life. And remember, you're allowed to grieve it like a breakup. Maybe somebody doesn't understand that, but it's not discussed and we've all experienced it. 
it is just as painful as losing a partner, if not more, especially because friends are sometimes people that have been in your life for longer. But the truth is, while people don't change, they also do. And when we are in different settings and we're growing and we're in different parts of our life in different phases, we are going to change and we are going to grow. And so are other people. And some of us grow in the same direction. We're like a plant leaning the same way. And others grow in the completely opposite direction. And we cannot go running after them in that direction because they have to go that way and we have to go this way. And that's okay. That's just a fact of life. I think we should normalize not feeling so upset when we lose people because they served that significant purpose and while it's sad to see them go like they were important for a time period in our life it's like when you're watching a tv show and the characters have changed and you like remember the characters from season one really fondly and you're like oh that was so great like remember them and maybe when you started season two you were like damn i wish they were here but eventually you're on season five and you're like there are all these other amazing characters but i really loved that one from season one and and i remember them and i missed i miss them sometimes but you know now it's like i'm honoring them and the spot that they had in my life so friendship breakups are just they're devastating it can be just as hard as a real breakup and i got i hope you guys know that you're allowed to affirm yourself and validate that and take the space to grieve that and I think that's everything I have on this topic. I mean, it was a lot. It always is with me and dating. I hope that if you're going through heartbreak right now, you know that you're very valid and very seen by me and you're allowed to just take the space to do whatever you want and then you can start glowing the fuck up, like get some curtain bangs, buy some tanner off Amazon, make yourself feel pretty. You deserve to feel pretty. You deserve to feel valid and pretty and good about yourself and you deserve to get all those affirmations from you. And I really hope that that's what you're doing today. If you're experiencing heartbreak, I hope someone's giving you a hug. This is my virtual hug to you and I hope you know it does get better. Every single day is one step forward, one foot in front of the other. Remember, 10 steps turns to a mile, a mile turns to 10 miles. You're going to walk 100 miles and turn around and be like, holy shit, I've come so far. You don't even know it. You've got this. You're okay. You're going to be great. And I love you so much. And my DMs are always open. If you need anything, please reach out to me. As always, I'm Eli Rallo. I love you guys. And I will see you next week.